Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Jonathan Cooper, and I'm going to be the facilitator for this very, very interesting session that we're just about to have with a remarkable and extraordinary woman who's devoted her life to the promotion and protection of human rights. And we will be discussing in detail today the right to peace. And I'm very grateful for, uh, to, to Forum 2000 for giving us this opportunity to have this discussion. And I'm here with Gulnara Shahinian, who is an Armenian human rights expert. She's a remarkable human rights defender. Her CV is just extraordinary to read. Um, but she's principally known, and for many of you, you already know her, for her work around um, human trafficking and uh, contemporary forms of slavery. And she plays a, a key role in international organizations, mainly the Council of Europe and the UN, but she was the former special rapporteur on on um, human trafficking. I, I just want to start by asking Galnara, um, what is the right to peace? Thank you very much for introduction, really. I'm a very humble person and you introduced me so well. But what I would like to mention prior to speaking about right to peace, about my mandate on slavery, because it is very closely related to what we will be speaking. You know, when the mandate has been, uh, uh, you know, created in Human Rights Council, it was not mandate on trafficking, but specially mandate on modern types of slavery, modern forms of slavery, which was critically important because everybody knew, recognized slavery has been abolished. We do not have the kind of slavery that we can call ownership. We have only trafficking, and everybody was speaking about forms of trafficking, but recognizing the mistakes that have been done before, that by declaration, by declaring abolishment of slavery, we didn't abolish it. And there are still people in, uh, that are, uh, you know, socially dead. They are, they are high hidden in the houses, uh, behind the doors of the houses of people and have no rights at all and perpetuate their, uh, uh, you know, dependence from generation to generation. It is the reality of today. And that was critically important to recognize. And when we're taking this to right to peace, I wanted to take it also... Uh, when we speak about slavery, it's absence of all the rights, yeah. any rights, absence of absolute protection for a person. Person is, he becomes a, a subject for manipulation, object for, for uh, as a property for the person. So uh, this is critically important when we speak about development, we speak about human rights, we speak about, uh, you know, progress, progress. If we do not recognize people who need our protection and stay, uh, stay blind to the situation in the field, we would never have the peace in our world. Because while speaking about peace, while speaking about a right to peace is a very wide concept that takes into consideration issues of human security and all the elements of uh, you know, diverse forms of human security, diverse dimensions, and women's rights, and not recognizing rights of the people who are really needing, who are really need protection, we will never have peace. Now, it's very important to make that direct link that obviously you're able to do so, so effectively with uh, modern forms of slavery and the right to peace, or what 
if you don't have peace, what you have, which is the denial of human rights. And so, and obviously armed conflict and war uh, annihilate human rights and modern forms of slavery, as you so beautifully put, also deny all human rights. And so there's a lot of links there. Can we just go um, back a bit, if we could, Golnara, and discuss, you know, where the right to peace comes from and and where we are with the right to peace in in, the 21st century, the 21st century world? Uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, I would say that the declaration that has been promoted and has been very much protected by civil society. And I remember I was one of them and uh, protecting, uh, you know, promoting this declaration, which is critically important in our words, to speak about prevention of peace in the world where we see a decline of peace. Right. The index of peace is going to decline. We see a rise of militarization. And it goes high and high. So we need to see the peace as a human rights of a person as the issue, as a person to be protected. And that's why this concept is critically important to be brought up now. You know, what my understanding was that providing people where we have, you know, people protected with rights, there are more or less conflicts. Less conflicts, that, that less tensions. People are, people know that they are governments who protect them. People know that they have access to their rights. People know, and this is this is critically important. You know, when uh, we were, uh, I'm coming from the region that just uh, from the country which is just past the war, and the war is not still finished. You know, they, we have still violation of the border, and we have violation every day. There was a peace agreement, but there is not a peace complete. It, it is, I'm sorry, it was not a peace agreement. It is ceasefire agreement, but right. a peace agreement still. So there is still fear that the war will return. Okay, but, so I mean, it, it, it's interesting. Let's go. Let's go to Nagorno-Karabakh then, yeah. and, uh, and what's been happening there? Again, in just. A, a few seconds. Can you just explain the most recent conflict? Is that possible in just a, in, in, in a few seconds? I try my best because it has its root causes with the dissolution of Soviet Union, from yeah. dissolution, of, uh, dissolution of Soviet Union, but also it is an, a right of people of Nagorno-Karabakh to peace. Right. Indigenous people to peace because these people were under double pressure from Soviet system and from the country, which has a different culture, different religious background, which was applying very destructive measures to these people, okay. violating their rights to identity. And that was the burst to protect their identity. And what happened now? Uh, you know, it is a new war. There has been a war in 1994 when they declared their independence. And there has been war. But again, this war has finished with a, a peace agreement. Uh, again, a declar- um, it was a ceasefire agreement, which didn't turn through the years into a peace agreement in 26, 26 years. What happened now, it's a very interesting to analyze from the perspective because all of these 26 years, the hatred, the politics of hatred mm. and uh, militarism have been taking place in Azerbaijan. P- uh, uh, politics of revenge, that well, we have to take our lands back. What would it have looked like? Uh, and so you're there as this sort of independent UN expert giving effect uh, to the right to peace in that tension between Nagorno-Karabakh, Azerbaijan, uh, and obviously Armenia, um, and the general regional community, as well as the global community. 
if you were going to, if you had that opportunity again, what would it look like? I think all of the people who are living in the Soviet Union, they have received very heavy Stalinist inheritance which was based on source spot, on creating a source spot for the, for the countries, never break up from each other. Right. And animosity, uh, look, and in the, in the Caucasus, we have already so many conflicts. South, uh, South Ossetia and Abkhazia with Georgia, we have Armenia, Azerbaijan, we have North Caucasus, Dagestan, that can spill over becoming a big conflict. We have highly militarized, so the inheritance which was there, and why I started with the slavery again, that the mistakes of the past, the things which have not been addressed in time, to, to uh, uh, you know, make people, uh, uh, to, to bring justice to people and understanding and protect people are coming back. Right. What uh, had happened during Stalin time, these mistakes, uh, it was not mistakes, these were especially done issues in order to keep all of these countries under control, they are coming back. I think there should be more discussion and more interest of people should be taken into consideration. And their rights, there should be a longer protection process rather than bringing peace as, as soldiers and army. We usually, not only in Nagorno-Karabakh, we immediately, we do not take into consideration people who are going to lead there, their interests, their Such wishes, and, so you know, how they want to live, what kind of peace they want, what is peace for these people. Right. We never consider it about people's needs. Both in Azerbaijan and Armenia, we should discuss, we should sit and discuss these issues rather than and do a lot of preventions and negotiations rather than, you know, bringing troops and army, rather than creating animosity, rather than bringing third parties. And um, if I could ask just uh, another question, and where do you see the right to peace linking with the right to self-determination? You know, uh, first of all, this is inherent right of, of a person, right to peace. It's a, a right of individual to be protected. Right to the self-determination, it's a, a right of the, uh, you know, uh, people inhabiting that area to the self-determination. But right to peace is an inherent right to dignity, to protection, to be not, not uh, to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, not to, uh, um, freedom from fear, freedom from want, all of these complex, uh, you know, issues, you know, uh, are very individual. They provide individual net of protection to the people. So right to peace is inherited in individual rights, in the protection of individual, while right to self-determination is the right of, you know, a common right of people inhabiting that territory. Right, right. And um, to broaden it again, uh, to very briefly, I'm afraid, to the right to peace and the climate crisis. Yes. What would your observations there be? You know, uh, it's, it's a huge human security. It has a very transforming nature. It transforms entire, uh, you know, security landscape. And, you know, uh, when I was, I was telling this time, we were really, really uh, um, depressed. Of course, during this war, all types of uh, uh, weapons that are not allowed by international conventions that are forbidden have been used against Nagorno-Karabakh including bom phosphorus bombs that brought 
a very, very big destruction, not only to humans, not only to animals, but to entire mm. forests and fields that will be never be used. And it not only to this region, because, uh, you know, when we speak about climate destruction, it, it impacts on entire region. It's a huge problem. So it is not very much addressed now, but the issue should be addressed by the government in a more deep sense. It's a right of people to live in a protected climate area, in a protected. So this is really, um, you know, I, I, I think that really uh, when there are problems related to climate change, it's an amplifying political situation. It's a political climate also and social and human rights climate. So it's created even a worse situation in the countries. Yeah, it creates instability or Absolutely. enhances Absolutely. instability, doesn't it? Absolutely. So, which, uh, and then uh, my final question would be, Galnara, where do you see the future for the right to peace? I think, uh, you know, again, I started with slavery, speaking that we live in a world when we're creating, uh, you know, uh, inventions. We change human genome. We have this, we have, we speak about robot. But we do not have education, enough education to respect human rights, to respect human people. We need to be educated to the right to peace. We can create whatever we want, but if we do not have enough education to respect people, to respect people's dignity, to respect people's rights, we will never be living in a peaceful society. And right to peace starts from education education of everyone. When I was traveling to some countries, I always like to travel to the very distant areas where you'll find the people who need your protection. So, and the people were telling me, I remember a person came saying that for three days I were walking in order to tell you that I was trained on human rights. The quality of education means a lot. The addressing the needs of the people in other areas, people were saying, we do not need your human rights because you will put, using your human rights, you will put my brother into prison. And in our community law, we can protect him with our community. So there is not a good understanding of the quality education. It has not been provided all over the world. People were not, people's interest in the field were not being considered into educational programs cultural aspects, special religious, special traditions. In, when you be, build educational programs, specifically when we speak about peace, you have to consider everybody's interests, everybody's, you know, like uh, uh, traditions, whatever they have done in their, uh, you know, whatever they believe in, and build on that, not reject it. I'm not speaking about specific values, but I'm speaking about in a general process, include the concerns that people have, include uh, and build it in the framework of human rights, in the framework of right to peace. Other than that, you know, I think uh, in, in recent years, some, there have been some programs specifically in the distant places where just, you know, addressing that just done in order to receive, you know, a dot saying that, oh, we have done human rights training. They have been not done very deep. They have not been considering, you know, people's needs. And that should be done. People should understand that this is what they need. Well, Gulnara, I could carry on listening to you for hours. You are 
inspirational and I, 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 I'm really inspired by the way in which you really get that human context of, of the subject that you're discuss, discussing and, and bring it to life. Um, but I'm afraid that's yeah. the end of our interview. Um, I can only thank you enough for, for having this discussion with me. And um, I hope very much at some point in the future we will meet again. So thank you very much. Thank Absolutely. you. And thank you very much. And I would like to finish our conversation with the hope that peace will be in Gaza and people in Gaza would find the solution for their problem, the same as in other places like we, Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan and the same in Nagorno-Karabakh. Just the solution is extremely important for the entire world. And thank you very much for this discussion. Thank you. Thank you.